0: From Mamma Mia hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. It's been called the Wags at War, the Wag World Cup, and involves a character known as Wagatha Christie. But one fateful tweet has seen the relationship between two very high-profile wives of two very high-profile football players in the UK end up in a slanging match in the courts.
2: The high court case between Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney has got everybody talking.
0: A fake Instagram post on a basement flood. Another about travelling to Mexico to look into gender selection treatment. She
2: said that Peter Andres got a chipolata when she was 22.
0: Leaking false stories to the Sun newspaper. No, there's been a word of words between the husbands. Today we unpack the friendship between Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy and find out whether once betrayed a friendship can ever be saved. Let's start today right at the very beginning. Back in October 2019, British soccer super WAG, WAG referring to an acronym for wives and girlfriends, Colleen Rooney, the wife of former England and Manchester United star Wayne Rooney, lights up the internet after posting on Twitter that she had caught out a friend who'd leaked stories about her to the Sun tabloid newspaper. Rooney stated that she'd known for a few years that someone close to her, someone who was in a select group of people privy to her private Instagram account, was leaking the stories to the press. But it was how she went about catching that person that earned her the moniker Wagger for Christie. See, she blocked every single person on that account bar the one she suspected, and then made up a stack of elaborate lies to see if they would get leaked when the stories that were only seen by that one person ended up in the papers she outed her saying i have saved and screenshotted all the original stories which clearly show just one person has viewed them it's drum roll rebecca Vardy's account so who is rebecca Vardy, and what stories exactly was she leaking and for what purpose holly wainwright is mamma mia's head of content and co-host of both mamma mia out loud and the new show lowbrow holly who was Rebecca Vardy to Colleen Rooney before all of this went down?
1: So Vardy and Rooney are both what is broadly termed wags in England. Now, we, these days we think that that's quite a derogatory term and, and I guess it kind of is, but they are superstar wags. Rooney in particular, Colleen Rooney is the wife of Wayne Rooney, who is an England superstar who is now a football coach. And she's literally been in the limelight her whole life. She was a schoolgirl when she first started dating Rooney. And so she's been around the traps for a long time. And he's quite the star. Meanwhile, Rebecca is married to a footballer called Jamie Vardy, who's a little bit... Less high profile, but all the same, has also played for England. And so Rooney and Vardy have moved in the same circles for quite a few years. It doesn't appear that they were super close friends who spent a lot of time together privately, but they were certainly in the same social set. They certainly were at the same events. They certainly traveled to the same games together. And there are plenty of photographs of them sitting close to each other at football games and chatting away.
0: So, how then did she respond? being caught out by Wagatha Christie? Furiously.
1: So lots of people have questioned why this case has ended up in the highest court in the land in Britain and that surely they could have come to some kind of arrangement before then. But what it very much seems to be is that Rebecca Vardy is just refusing to take this tag of betraying the confidence of her friend. She is not actually arguing that the leaks that Wagatha Christie so carefully placed on her Instagram account to be taken by the tabloids didn't come from her account, but she is saying that doesn't mean they came from me. Basically her argument has been other people other than me have access to my Instagram account and by directly accusing me like this, you have defamed me, you have painted me as untrustworthy, you've suggested I'm cheap. She took umbrage about the fact That anyone would think she needed the money when actually I'm doing very well thanks and it seems to very much be an issue of pride which has rather backfired because what the court case has done is very much pulled back the curtain on how this whole tabloid world works how tip-offs work how people's social media profiles are managed and it's kind of baffled a lot of people to realize it's a lot more complicated than they thought.
0: What actually was Colleen Rooney posting that got leaked to the papers? What kind of stories were they? So the
1: thing that's quite interesting is they were relatively minor stories in the scale of celebrity. So one was about her and Wayne's mansion flooding. Another was that she was travelling to go through a gender selection procedure for their next child. So these are the kind of stories that she put on her Instagram account that only friends and family could see and unbeknown to Vardy, only Vardy could see and they made their way into the tabloids, which then led Colleen Rooney to unveil Rebecca Vardy as the villain in this story.
0: Well, now this has all ended up in court and quite a mess. Rebecca Vardy is the one who's brought this case to court but I believe some other allegations have been levelled at her and the people around her since she's been in the witness box.
1: Well, because Vardy's bringing this as defamation and saying that you've ruined my character, I would never do these things. It's meant, of course, that Rooney's camp need to prove that Vardy would indeed do these things and that she has in the past and might continue to do so. So as part of the evidence that's been tendered, are a whole lot of private messages between Vardy and in particular her agent, a woman called Caroline Watt. And they don't paint Vardy in the loveliest of lights. So for example... She was able to be cross-examined about whether or not she respected people's privacy and then was asked, well, why then in the previous interview, have you said intimate things about your previous lovers? But also specifically in these messages about leaking, there are quite a few examples of Vardy saying to what, to Caroline what her agent, can we get this leak to the press? And some of those are about things like a prominent footballer who's been done DUI, others about famous women who may or may not have altered their bodies in social media. And there does seem to be a trail here that literally has Vardy saying, can we leak this? Can we get this out there? And also asking for payment to do so. A lot of the messages, however, have not been able to be retrieved because by some terrible coincidence, just when the phone of Caroline Watt, the agent, was asked to be tendered for evidence so that all the legal forces could go through it. It accidentally slipped into the North Sea on a boating adventure, so was not able to be submitted.
0: What kind of impact did those initial allegations coming from Colleen Rooney have on Rebecca Vardy? Did it really impact her greatly? Well, she says yes.
1: So she says that because
0: this story became
1: enormous in the press in Britain, and that's because it has all the ingredients for tabloid catnip. You know, it has two high profile women not getting along, which is always the absolute favourite story of the tabloid press. It has wags who are also, you know, just a massive attraction for tabloid readers It has intrigue and insults. Vardy was the target of a lot of trolling after this happened. So she says that she became unwell. She began to suffer anxiety. She said as a result of the stress, she developed kidney stones. She said that she's had death threats, that her reputation has been trashed. And that is her obvious reason for bringing this to the high court. I think that one of the things that's really interesting about it is you've got these very highfalutin legal experts in Britain, rummaging through WhatsApp messages, interpreting the meaning of emojis, laughing faces, all these things, trying to grapple with the libel issues around social media, which are incredibly complex, because now everybody's a publisher. And so Vardy is claiming defamation as if this is kind of a traditional media case, which it isn't, which is one of the reasons why it's so fascinating to everybody.
0: So can a friendship ever come back from this level of betrayal? Can Colleen and Rebecca ever go back to being at least civil to each other? Elizabeth Shaw is CEO of Relationships Australia New South Wales and has worked for over 25 years as a clinical and counselling psychologist. Elizabeth, firstly, what is the mental health benefit to us of having and maintaining close friendships? friends are really critical
2: i think for our happiness and health and well-being because they do hold the narrative of our lives along with us so the friends that have traveled the distance they remember the breakups they remember the new jobs they remember you know the best movies you've seen together they they hold a lot of our history And so being able to tap into that and do the remember when and to know that they were there with you at earlier stages, they knew the earlier you, they're often your wise guides, they're your cheer squads, those sort of friends are incredibly special in terms of our identity and our success in the world. Those friends, and sometimes you only have a few of them, some people have a wider circle, but often those sort of people are relatively few in our lives. They're very precious. But it's also true enough that friends, like any other relationship, do go through closenesses and distances as you, you know, one of you might move into state for a while or, or when you have children, sometimes you just don't catch up in the way that you used to. But those really good friends, it's not measured by how much time you spend together, it's, it's actually about something qualitatively quite different. It's that sort of friend that you really do want to work through the ups and downs like you would any other relationship. That's different to sort of the friends that you might meet at work where you're close to them for that time, but you're really not sure whether outside of that context you'd have enough between you to keep it going. Can a close friend also be a toxic friend? A close friend certainly can be a toxic friend because sometimes through nostalgia, We hold on to people longer than we should. So I've certainly worked with many people who've, say, had a a childhood friend or someone from their mother's group or, you know, where you've met at a very special time and they might be part of a whole group. So it's quite hard to know how to see less of one because they come as a pack. Sometimes you feel that the person isn't coming with good intentions. So things like petty jealousies and envies and, you know, jostling for power in the group or jostling for influence, you feel fond of them because you've known them a really long time or maybe they're a partner of your best friend or there's some reason to hang in with them. So you sort of feel obliged to do that. But it may be that the friendship has always had an undercurrent of something else, which is less pleasant. And that's where sometimes, you know, I've seen people wait till there's a kind of final straw, and then the, the breakup can be quite catastrophic because you've got so much dirt on each other. You know, in the end, that kind of friend, you've known them such a long time that when things go south, you can also panic a bit because they do know so much about you. But sometimes you really have to weigh up whether your nostalgia and longevity really means that you have to keep in close with someone who's perhaps not always really been in your corner.
0: Can you ever really get back to the friendship you had after one has betrayed the other or done something to really put the friendship on the line? Can you ever really get back to the way you were before?
2: Look, you can if there ends up being some sort of explanation that you can accept, which is not a justification or an excuse, but there is a real context that does make sense. And if there is significant repair and trust building like any relationship. I think the thing with friends, though, is sometimes people... Don't go that far, particularly if it's a more recent friend, they're more likely to walk away than they are to do that work. Where I see people putting that much effort in, it's often because it's a really long-standing friend. You know, they were almost a sister or someone like that and maybe if they're going to stay in your social circle, then that effort to repair it, you want to go that far because the stakes are too high to let it go.
0: What does it say about a friendship, though, if someone has had a bit of an inkling that maybe someone is doing something they shouldn't and so they've set a trap to catch them out. What does that say about the friendship in the first place?
2: Well, it doesn't say a lot, does it? And I guess it says that the relationship, even though it might have felt very fond and collegial and warm, that in fact perhaps it was always a little bit cynical or a little bit political in its nature. And some of these friendships that are formed by being thrown together because of circumstance. So, say, you know, you're the partners of everyone in a company or a sporting club, maybe even a religious community, that the friendships are formed because of circumstance rather than because you really had a natural affinity. And so, in those sort of circumstances, there's always a certain amount of politics because it might depend where your partner sits in the hierarchy or, you know, other things in play, which are always a feature of the friendship as well.
0: The Wagatha Christie court case has had it all. High fashion in the courtroom. The analysis of messages, including Rebecca Vardy, having to explain what FFS means. One called the other a pigeon. There were Bridgerton references, the footballer husbands dutifully carrying their wives' handbags. And for some reason, the size of Aussie singer Peter Andre's penis was also discussed. But at the end of it all, there are two former friends who are friends no longer. And after this, we'll probably never, ever get back together. And whatever the outcome of this court case, it seems there will be no winners.
1: I mean, I think that Rooney is probably being painted in a more favourable light. If you think that any publicity is good publicity, I guess that for Vardy, this has definitely brought her face back to every front page in the nation and every news site. And, you know, we're talking about it over here in Australia. But is that a positive kind of profile raise? I'm not sure. I think that really this will be seen as a little bit of a low point in the British legal system. If you were going to be generous, you'd say it could be the kind of case that sets a new precedent for new media. But really, I think everybody thinks this is a rather trivial sideshow and maybe isn't going to come out that well for anybody.
0: That's the Quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Jacob Roundt. You've probably heard of twerking, right? That dance move that's been around for a while now. But it hit the mainstream when a certain Disney star donned a bikini and a foam finger and twerked on Robin Thicke at the 2013 VMAs. On Lowbrow This Week, Em and Holly look back at this historical moment. So I did some research.
1: Okay. Twerking, I looked this up, actually started in the 1800s. Oh, my 1820.
0: goodness. Where were you in 1800s? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had to. I had to. Too good. Find this episode of Lowbrow wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was made by Mamma Mia, the only women's media company in Australia. If you love the show, the best thing you can do is become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Mamma Mia subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. It only costs $5.75 a month, which is less than a large coffee or a small coffee if you get oat milk. If you believe in women's media, if you believe in a purpose-driven media company like Mamma Mia, whose core purpose is to make the world a better place for women and girls, please see the link in our show notes.